you can still fall back on what you're doing now. You don't have to quit everything to start a new thing. Just think to yourself, there is something that I might be doing in 18 months time that I haven't even thought of yet. If I have the idea and I follow through and the pieces start to fall together, maybe my life will look completely different in 18 months time for the better. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realize there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy, and fulfillment along the way. Lovely neighborhood. Few things feel as special as absolutely frothing one of our guests and everything they do than hearing that they've actually been listening to the podcast themselves for years. And I feel even more privileged to have today's guest on the show because she doesn't do them very often. And in fact, didn't even reveal herself as the founder of her business until eight months after its explosive launch onto the scene. That's just one of the many examples of Samantha Brett blazing her own trail. I found this chat so such an invigorating reminder that someone else out there is always looking for exactly what you have to offer, even if it doesn't already exist or nobody else is doing it. And it turns out all of us were looking for and needing exactly what she has to offer with her award-winning, world-leading Naked Sundays SPF skincare. If you're in the demographic of this podcast, you've probably already heard of Naked Sundays, but if not, it'll change your life or at the very least your skin. In a country where melanoma rates are among the highest in the world, Samantha has changed the way the most at-risk but most reluctant demographic, millennials, relates to SPF, creating world-first, high-performance, multi-purpose, chemist-formulated products. She explains them best herself, and as you'll hear, I cannot rave more about these products, but imagine sunscreen without the whiteness, stickiness, and clogging of the skin that have traditionally made sun protection difficult or uncomfortable for our skin. And I cannot not mention her hydrating glow mist that allows you to reapply on top of your makeup invisibly while setting that makeup and not interrupting it. And this has all happened only recently with an entire career in news reporting and column writing beforehand. Talk about a Parthier. I'll stop before I gush too much, but I hope you are all as blown away by this one as I am. Samantha, welcome to Seize the Yay. Thank you, Sarah. I'm very excited to be here. I remember when I first launched, actually, I contacted you and said, do you want to try some sunscreen? Yeah, I actually <laughs> remember that. Was that you? Yes, I do everything. I do all the socials. Well, I have help now, but um, yes, it, it is me that you are talking to oh on Instagram. Isn't, isn't that the funniest thing about starting a business that, you know, in the early days, you kind of refer to like us and we and the team and it's just you by yourself pretending to yes. change hats in between conversations <laughs> and everyone's like, you know, I totally thought I was speaking to your like marketing manager or like head of digital and you're like, no, no. Oh, well, you were, but it was me. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, exactly. I I was all those things. That's right. And you have come, I mean, such an enormous distance, achieving so much in such a short amount of time, which I can't wait to get into. But as you may already know, I kick off every episode by asking everyone what the most down-to-earth thing is about them. And the fact that it's you doing all the jobs is probably one of them. <laughs> but to anyone else from the outside, I mean, Naked Sundays appears like this massive, well-established brand. You would have no idea that it was so new and that, you know, this was such a, a recent chapter of your life. So for those who have only seen the very beautiful, glossy and holographic kind of exterior, <laughs> what's something really normal about you? Well, I think I've been on the news for over 10 years and I don't think people actually realized that, you know, I would get up at three o'clock in the morning. I would, I would sleep with half my eye makeup on (gasps) and I would sleep with my hands out and my face facing forward. And then I would get up and at three o'clock in the morning, you don't want to do your makeup. You don't want to do anything. (laughs) So I would just go, I would just put on the rest of my makeup, be on air, look immaculate. And I I don't think anyone realized there's no auto cue. So I had to remember all my lines off by heart. And I think I've just taken that with me now as a CEO and a boss and running a team and running a big business. I just take that with me and, you know, I get ready. It's, if I have to take more than 30 seconds in the morning, there's something wrong (laughs) once a week, hair done and that's it. And then it's good to go and, you know, get, I won't say I wear the same makeup every day, but you know, I'll get like maybe lashes every, every month. And then that's it. You know, there's like put a bit of blush sunscreen and then you're off. And I just think people think I'm I'm one of those people who take hours and and do my makeup and do my skincare routine. No, no, no. And that's part of the philosophy of Naked Sundays as well. Everything's multitasking because I am the quickest person in the morning. Don't spend long. My husband spends longer than I do. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. That is definitely something that I've noticed as I've kind of, you know, had more exposure to TV and the news and like from the outside, you really do think that it's A, so glamorous, but B, that journos and newsreaders just turn up and there's paper and you just kind of Mm. read off the paper. Like I just totally assume that you're a mouthpiece for kind of some story that, I don't know, someone else has written like the fairies in the sky, but you actually have to do all that and you have to get up at that time in the morning. And yet, like, I had no idea you didn't have auto cue either. Yes. And I was watching some of my stories because Channel 7 actually did a story on me recently and they put some of my clips up. And I was talking for about two minutes about really important facts. I was out at the bushfires and I was rattling off, you know, how many homes were lost and exactly what happened and where the fires, like what parts of New South Wales the fires ravaged. And I'm thinking there was no paper in my hand, no auto cue. And I was thinking people are looking at that at home and they have said to me, oh, you have an auto cue, you're out there. I couldn't even believe I was wearing makeup. I remember sleeping on the floor where the bushfires happened for a couple of days <gasps> with no makeup, nothing with me, no pieces of paper, no auto cue. But being on the ground and being in one of those situations, I think your mind, I, I feel like it's a muscle that you can learn how to say facts and figures in a really concise, interesting and cohesive way. It's, it's a muscle, you know, it's just you learn how to do that. And I guess over the 10 years that I was doing live television every single day, I learned how to do it, but no one would have any idea that 
I looked at it now and I think, oh my God, how did I remember all of that? But no one would have any idea that that was stuff that I just learned just then. I just arrived at the scene and that's, I had to say it. Oh my gosh. Well, that already, I mean, the fact that firstly, the full circle your career has gone from presenting on Channel 7 to then having your business featured is so exciting and so excited to get into that. But also that's so down to earth. I mean, the fact that you've had this entire career, but also that behind the scenes of what you see looks so presented, but there's always a story behind the scenes where there's a journo Mm -hmm. sleeping on the floor or like, you know, (laughs) I think it's just, this is why I love this show so much because you do get to hear a little bit more of the stuff that you don't often see. And remember, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. You know, we walk into people lives now and think they've got it all together. Everything was always easy. They woke up one day and knew what they wanted to do, but it's just not the case for anybody. So what I would love to kick off with is your way to yay, like how you actually, you know, people looking at you now would assume it was always beauty. You had some kind of expertise or link to the industry. You always knew you wanted to be a businesswoman, but you had a whole career before this. And before that, you know, I'm sure you had many other ideas of where you thought your life would go. So take us back to very young you, to childhood you, you know, your first jobs, what you thought you wanted to be, what were your big dreams? So when I finished school, the day I finished school, I walked into work experience at a newsroom the next day, finished on the Friday, walked in on the Monday and I just really loved and thrived off breaking news and being in a news environment. I just loved it. And then I was at uni and I heard that you could do an internship only in the US. You couldn't really do one here in Australia, but you could really get your teeth into it. So I applied for CNN, CBS, Fox News. Anyway, didn't hear anything back for six months. And then suddenly I got all three. (gasps) And CNN was in Atlanta, CBS was somewhere else, but Fox News was in New York and it was right in the center of Manhattan. And I just thought, I've never been to New York. I've never even been to America. I was 19 years old and I thought, this is something I'm going to do. So I moved to New York and you can do a full-time internship, then get your university credits. And I just loved it. Oh, Sarah, I was living in Manhattan. I was living the life. First time I'd lived out of home, living in an apartment in um, downtown and going into the center of Manhattan every single day. And it didn't matter that I worked at Fox News or, you know, I wasn't involved in the politics. I was involved in how a newsroom works at getting news on the air. The politics side was very interesting, but not something that I delved in. You know, Australians, we don't really get involved in. Yes, oh my God. I was happy to eat the free bagels on level two every morning and the free hot chocolate. They gave you free food every day. It was amazing. Oh my God, life Um, goals. (laughs) While I was there, this is interesting, everyone, despite the fact we're right in the middle of an election, everyone was only talking about their own relationships when they weren't working. And I thought, wow. Sex and the City was so big back then. Sorry, I'm showing my age. And I thought, what a cool way to bring in my journalism and the things I love. And I was reading the news back home every day online and I thought, what about if I could write a Sex and the City type column back home in Australia, online though, there was no such thing as blogs, can you believe it, and make it interactive. And so I pitched to the Sydney Morning Herald. I called them from New York. I was 20, 19, 20. And they said, no. Anyway, I pitched to them every week, every month for about a year. And eventually they called me and they said, all right, you can start on Monday. Just stop calling us. (laughs) So I started Sam in the City. I don't know if you remember it, but it was probably before your time. 
and it was the very first news blog. It was in the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age and I did it for six years and it became the number one column, number one blog in the country, won awards. We had 100,000 readers a day, hundreds of comments. People met through the column. Yeah, they met, they fell in love, they got married. So I was able to do that and so that taught me how to build a community from scratch and I love that. I thrived on that but, of course, I was in a very glamorous life and it really was like Sex in the City. I came back to Australia, went to red carpets, hosted events. It was wrote seven books. I know you've just written an amazing, amazing book, wrote seven on dating and just living this glam life. And then my own relationship kind of faltered and I thought, I can't do this anymore. I want to get back to news, what I love. And so I quit that job and I moved to the country where you have to, if you want to start as a news reporter, you have to go to the country. So I moved to the country by myself. So New South Wales, rural, Wagga, Orange. Then I moved to Hobart by myself. I filmed my own news stories, edited, did live crosses, filmed myself during live crosses, got the attention of CNN and CBS while I was in Hobart because of a big international story, which I won't go into, and then eventually got a job offer at Channel 7 in Sydney. And so I moved back to Sydney and my dream was to be on Sunrise and I got onto Sunrise and I was the Sydney reporter for multiple years. <laughs> Gosh, really showing my age here. <laughs> not at all. I mean, if this is not an ad for using Naked Sundays on your face, I don't know what uh-huh. is. <laughs> Thank you. So just was living my dream, reporter for Sunrise, and I did that for over seven years. I was at Channel 7 on Sunrise every single day. So as I said, waking up at three o'clock in the morning, working till sometimes 10 o'clock at night, we had a late night show and being at the forefront of every breaking news story for seven years straight is, is, it's incredible. It's taxing. You're with people on the best days of their lives and the worst days of their lives. You're the first person on the scene most of the time and you learn all these quite incredible skills and you meet extraordinary people and you hear extraordinary stories and you're telling their stories every day. So then COVID hits and it's a whole different ballgame because not only are you now speaking to people that are dealing with COVID and are losing loved ones and there was a lot of death at the time and the big story was the aged care homes and the death but you're fearing for your own life because no one knew what COVID was or what it would become. And so you're fearing, do what, am I going to get exposed by being out in these hotspots every day? Anyway, so that was, that was the time. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> what a time to be alive as a news reporter at 3 o'clock in the morning when there's an outbreak and you're there, you're in the outbreak, you're standing there, you're interviewing people who are not allowed out of their homes or who may have lost a loved one and you're just thinking... I don't know if I can continue on like this. And I have a five-year-old daughter and it just, it got, it got a lot. That's my story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, before we even get to the chapter where a lot of people, you know, meet you now and probably assume that that's always where you intended to go, you've already kind of, you know, expressed dreams for yourself and hit them, which is A, a really interesting experience to, to hit you know, live your dream life quite early in your life and then kind of, well, what do I do next? (laughs) But also it sounds like you've put yourself out there for a lot of things that seemed really big and scary, like to go from here straight to the epicenter of news in the US as your internship. That's, you know, at the end of a lot of people, much further into a lot of people's careers than the very beginning, then to sort of set your sights on sunrise. And, you know, how did you 
put yourself out there for those things that are, are scary and big and then pitching a column and just not taking no for an answer. Like before we even got to this chapter, you've already kind of covered rejection, self-doubt, like change the fact that you've already made quite a few changes when the column you know, suited you, you did it, but then when it started to not suit you anymore, you shifted to a new chapter. And that's very much what this path yay section is about, is that there are lots of different dots that connect. They don't all last forever. They're not supposed to. You're meant to chop and change and try new things, but it sounds probably easier than I'm sure it was. So how did you put yourself out there for those opportunities? So you absolutely hit the nail on the head there, Sarah. This is exactly what I love to tell people. So when I quit the column it my entire identity was wrapped up mm. in that you know my books and my life and my friends and and my job and everyone knew me I would go into the street they'd be like oh I read your column today and I was on radio and tv every day and to let that go knowing in my heart that I didn't want to do it anymore and I wanted to do something else was extremely difficult and it took so much out of me to do that but once you do it once then it makes it easier the next time. So as you're saying, my dream was to be on Sunrise. And then can you imagine the day where I said, okay, I'm no longer doing Sunrise. I'm now going to focus on Naked Sundays. But I kept saying to myself, remember the time you did that when you had the column and you moved into news and everything was okay. The wall didn't fall in, the sky didn't fall in. Everyone continued with their lives and no one really cared. And I now say to people when they ask me advice, it's your life. And you need to wake up every day and love what you do and be happy with doing it. Otherwise, there's no point in doing it anymore. The fear for me now is continuing to do that life that you don't love anymore. Oh, That's more of a fear. That is so powerful. I think when we are overcome by a fear of uncertainty or fear of change or fear of failure or fear of all those things, we also don't take into account there's other, you know, what are you more scared of? Are you scared of failing or are you scared of never trying? Like we often don't think of what it's costing you to let self-doubt or to let imposter syndrome kind of, you know, take those dreams away from you. You don't look at the cost of that because you just, you're so overcome by like, oh my God, what if it goes wrong? But what if it goes right? And what if you never knew that it could go right, you know? (laughs) And I love that idea as well, that the more you practice the sort of art of reinventing yourself and realizing no one notices most of the time, but also that you're much more capable than you ever imagined. Then the next time you're like, oh, well, I've got empirical evidence that I survived it last time. So then I can do it again. Like, why would you not? Why would you not evolve and grow into different chapters? And it does involve letting go of something that was your entire identity, but it also makes room for a new one. That's exactly right. It makes room for a new one. That's 100%. And you only need to do it once to know that it's not that scary. But the first time, I will admit, it, it was very scary, petrified. Yeah. <laughs> I also think it's sometimes it doesn't hit you across the face, you know, like sometimes being unhappy, not unhappy, but just being in a situation that was once your dream and still enjoying mm-hmm. it and still having lots of benefits and being able to tick a lot of boxes with that seven years in to your life at sunrise, it's very easy to just think, okay, I wished for this for so long, I couldn't ever throw it away. And you might never get to the point of being like, I'm desperately unhappy here, I need to leave. But it's okay to leave before it gets to that. I think people feel like before they'll make a change in their life, they have to be really desperately unhappy or inconvenienced or or face some major discomfort. But you can also get to a place where you're just not growing anymore or where you're ready for the next challenge. So What was it for you where you realized, you know, I've done this for seven years and it's been amazing. 
How do you know when you're on the cusp of another big change? So macaroni. Okay, well, that's a great sign. (laughs) And asked to stock naked Sundays and it was a very easy decision after that. I didn't tell anyone that it was me that had created it. So I was was a news reporter. I was out in the sun. A couple of my colleagues, they would come into work and and I, I remember distinctly one of them had a big cut across his face and he had a skin cancer cut out. And then one of my other colleagues had a massive skin cancer cut out the top of her head. And it just got me thinking, oh, am I wearing sunscreen when I'm out there all day in the blazing sun reporting with a full face of makeup? Well, yeah, I put it on at three in the morning, but that's not going to last. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe I can just top it up. And then I thought, well, hang on, how do I top up sunscreen? You can't. It's white, it's sticky, it's oily, it's greasy. And then I've got the TV lights on my face. So anything that reflects white cast or oil or even glowy sunscreen just wouldn't have worked. And so I thought to myself, well, why isn't there anything out there? What happens if I create it? And so it took about two years. I came up with something, the hydrating glow mist. Finally, after years of iterations and people telling me it couldn't be done, and it's a spray to spray over your makeup when you're out and about. It's not greasy. It's not oily. It's got hyaluronic acid, vitamin C. It's good for your skin, and it also sets your makeup. And so I launched it, not telling a single person that it was me. Took some money out of our mortgage. My husband and I, we just put it out there. We we asked two influencers to post about it, and it completely blew up like wildfire. And so in the first three weeks, we completely sold out, and then <laughs> we had no more money to create more products, but... <laughs> We got over that. But people were saying, not I want this product. They were saying, I need it. Oh my gosh, where has this been all my life? This is something I need. And so to your point, that started to trickle through. And COVID, that was the year of COVID last 2021. And COVID started to get worse and worse. And my reporting life started to get less fun. Mm. I just wasn't enjoying it. It was hard. It was it was taxing emotionally, personally, physically. It was just taxing. And I When you ask a reporter how they cope, we go to the fire and the flood. We're there. You know, there was an awful terror attack in Indonesia and I I flew there. I went there. You know, Mm -hmm. you go to those things because that's where you need to be. You need to be on the ground on the breaking news. But when the breaking news story unfolds and it becomes a safety issue for you and your your own family and your child, you know, her daycare had shut down, like all of that stuff happened. It, It became no longer something that I found not fun might be the wrong word, but fulfilling. It it was no longer fulfilling. It was scary. It was scary. So I'd go home from work and I'd work on, as you say, holographic, lilac, fun, skincare, saving people's lives with sunscreen. And then, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd go to this job where it was just so taxing. And then, as I said, Mecca wanted to stock us and they wanted to do a profile piece on me. And no one knew it was me for eight months. I didn't tell anyone. I wanted the products to speak for themselves. And then I thought, it's Mecca. It's a dream. How can I say no? And I took a month off work and to really decide what I wanted to do. And then Seven was so understanding. I always told them, you know, I have this amazing thought in my head to change the way millennials use sunscreen and save more people's lives. And they understood that when I told them. And so when I decided to quit, they were super understanding and, you know, surely no one buys sunscreen in winter. You can come back next year, right? <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know. Little did they know that being a CEO is 
a year-long thing. You don't just stop for, for a couple of months. And, you know, I got to that point where it was scary, I will, I will admit. I mean, this is a job I love. I still identify myself as a news reporter. It's just in me. I love it. I am obsessed with news. I love live television. It just it gets me up in the morning. I, I would bounce out of bed at 3 o'clock in the morning every day. I don't think you'll ever meet someone that did that. And they saw me as that and they knew to rely on me and I never missed a day of work and, you know, breaking news and I was there and fire flood, whatever it was, like I was in my raincoat and in the rain and in the snow, it didn't matter. I was there and I am obsessed with it. And, you know, I've just transferred that passion into Naked Sundays now because the minute I realized that people were saying they needed this product, not that they wanted it, not that it was something nice to have, but that they needed what we were trying to do. I thought, well, there's an opportunity here for me to really change habits of people early. And so that that has what's kept me going. That's my yay now. (laughs) I love that so much. I love that you still have the passion for what you started out as, because I think, again, like people don't think that they can make a change in their life. If it's good, they won't look for great, but then that means that they'll just sit in good forever. And my corporate career was like that. I wasn't a corporate refugee because I hated where I was. I got off on the prestige and, you know, the gratuity of success and climbing a corporate ladder. And I still find parts of law really, really interesting. But it's almost like when you do start something else and you allow yourself to have other interests at the same time, it's the contrast that shows you like, oh, this is how I feel when I'm 100% fulfilled and then suddenly everything else pales in comparison. But unless you try other things, you're never going to know. You won't know what can stick. You won't know how much more fulfilled you can be. And you won't even often know, I think, that you're on the cusp of looking for a new chapter until you kind of just start it. That's exactly right. So I wanted to also say to people listening, it's not that I had this idea for Naked Sundays and it became a huge success. I, along the way, I've always thought of different ideas while being a news reporter. I've, I always love being an entrepreneur. It's something that I just enjoy. I enjoy making websites and products and books and whatever. And so I've done multiple things that haven't taken off and that hasn't deterred me from from continuing to try. So it's not that you have to feel like I'm going to quit my job and do this amazing business and it's going to all work out. Unfortunately, no, that's not really how it works. Well, it didn't work like that for me and I tried multiple things. And so when they don't stick, that's okay. You you can still fall back on what you're doing now. You don't have to quit everything to start a new thing. And I didn't quit until I knew that it was going to be a success and that I was able to quit. So don't be afraid to try and also don't be don't be disheartened if it doesn't work out for the first time. Yes. Try something else. Absolutely. I think that's another thing that would like we would never hear the stories of the things you've tried and haven't worked because why they ha- they didn't work. So you, you know what I mean? Like they'll never see the light of day, which means people don't know right. that that's what you've been through to get there. Life always like it rewards you on like the 6th and 7th and 8th and ninth try. But all the times it doesn't work, I kind of think the more data you have to make better decisions next time, the better off you are. And now you see how Naked Sundays is your like life purpose. Everything else didn't work so you could get to here because you wouldn't have got to where you are now. And I think it's just extraordinary. I mean, the mist is like, I can't even explain how much it blows my mind that A, it wasn't in existence before, but B, that it was just you out experiencing not being able to protect your skin over the top of makeup on TV that was just like, I am going to close this gap. And then everyone (laughs) else in the world was like, 
yep, <laughs> we've been waiting for you because like, and this is what I think about letting self-doubt or letting risk or fear stop you. If you listen to that, you would have deprived everyone now who can protect their skin from exactly what you have to offer. Someone else out there is always looking for exactly what you have. And it reminds me of that TikTok whenever anyone gets like one video goes viral and they're like, so do I call LA or does LA call me? It's like, do I call Mecca? Now I founded a business, but Mecca called you. See, someone was looking for exactly what you had. Well, I'm sure one of us called, I can't remember, it was so long ago, but I'm sure it wasn't that they just picked up the phone and thought we need this missed. I think it was a lot of retailers, so many retailers, all the big retailers and around the world and in Australia as well have all contacted us. So I can't say for sure who did what, but I definitely was speaking to Mecca very early on. That's incredible. And justifiably, there's nothing else like that out there. And you have made SPF 50 plus and looking after your skin cool and easy over the top of makeup. That's the biggest issue with reapplication is like messing up the contouring that takes everyone 85 hours to do it. So how did you get it off the ground? Like it's one thing to have an idea for a product, but to actually get formulations that work, to work with manufacturers, you'd never done like a product in beauty before. How do you come up with a name? Like how do you even learn about the statistics for sun protection and sun care? You know, it's a whole new world and that idea of reinvention and jumping into a world you know nothing about. Do you start just small and chip away? Like what did that two years look like? Yes. Interestingly, when I started the dating column, I was 20 20 years old. I knew nothing about dating. And I remember just getting a pile of books. You know, we didn't have the internet back then. (laughs) Google was a figment of my imagination. So I'd got a pile of books, like 20 books, and I read all of them about relationships. And then I interviewed the world's top experts in their fields and psychologists. And I continued to interview them throughout the whole column of six years. Same thing happened with this. I just got on the phone. And I rang every single TGA, I didn't even know, you know, the TGA rules or anything, but I started ringing TGA chemists and experts in their fields and asking questions. And I started to formulate an idea in my head of how a formula would work and who would be able to make it for me and then where I'd be able to make it. And then the same thing with packaging. I just started asking questions and I can't stress that enough. My husband reminds me we were on holiday like two years before we even thought to solidify Naked Sundays. He remembers me on the phone. I think we're driving to Byron Bay just on the phone to chemists and formulators and manufacturers just saying, all right, I need this spray. It needs to be transparent. Can you make it for me? What ingredients and what's the testing? How do we get the SPF up to 50 plus? So I like create a dossier in my head really about the the structure of how to go about doing it. And then I just went methodically step by step. And, you know, I asked 10 people to make it and, and one of them came back and said that, that it might be possible. And then I asked 10, 20 packaging people, how do you get this beautiful fine mist that doesn't go in your eyes, looks cool on the shelfie, is made from, you know, recyclable material and all the things that I wanted can be lilac and I just kept asking and I I, I must have gone through a hundred different kinds of bottles and sprays and I kept spraying. I would go to sleep sometimes like with my eyes swollen because I'd been spraying sunscreen (laughs) in my eyes all day. My daughter said to me once, she's like, mommy, you need to stop putting sunscreen in your eyes. I said, darling, I have to test it. (laughs) It's my job. She's like, don't do it anymore. I just, I literally lived and breathed trying to discover the not not even the secrets, but just the way of how to do it. And I wish that I would have had shortcuts and people who would just tell me, hey, 
I've done it before. Here's how you do it. But I think the beauty of it is that I went through that process because I feel like knowing that process now has helped me really be agile in what I'm doing. So everything we now do, we try and do world first formulas, first to market formulas, best in in class in terms of formulation, packaging, usage, how it's applied, how it stays on, how it can go over your makeup or work with well with your makeup. So now if I think of an idea, I now know those shortcuts to getting it onto the shelves quicker and without having done all the legroom. And if someone just told me, would it have been as fun? I don't know, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you carry that to, you know, the rest of the brand now. You do that process once and it takes you two years, but now every time you have an idea, you have a model to sort of roll that out. And I love that you shared that because I think that is another big part of any business that no one sees. They see your beautiful packaging, your beautiful formulations, but again, don't realize that you might have tried like 50 different bottles to get the right one. And we did exactly the same. Like people would say, you know, can you just give me your bag supplier? As if I hadn't tried like a million different bags to get the right humidity and the right waterproof, but then the print for the ink to be the right on the outside. Like, But that's what makes Naked Sunday mm. so special and so different is that you have gone to all that effort. And I think that's why, you know, all those hard yards go into catapulting you to where you are today because it's seamless. It's absolutely beautiful, but it's a lovely reminder that it doesn't start that way. Yes, everyone know, hear what Sarah's saying. It's every last little detail needs to be redone and reiterated hundreds of times. You know, it doesn't just pop up and here's my manufacturer. I wish it worked that way, but it doesn't. I'd love to ask now, before we get into the actual formulations, and I, I want to also kind of remind everyone about some of the facts we need to know to just remind ourselves why it's so important to protect your skin from the sun. But one thing that's really interesting about the way you launched Naked Sundays is that, as you mentioned, didn't say that it was you for eight months. And now, you know, I feel like the message business owners get a lot is put your face to it, tell the story, humanize yourself, you know, get out there on socials, but also ego requires, you know, your ego pushes you to when something takes off to be proud of it and and tell people. And in a kind of culture that's very hustle, like be proud, put your best foot forward. It's so interesting that you almost bought yourself eight months of not having to deal with that Mm. to let the product speak for themselves, which is very much the reverse, I think, of what a lot of business models have been (laughs) like. Can you talk us through how that unraveled? Did you feel like it was like buying you time to not have to worry about, you know, it being attached to your name? Like I remember I didn't tell anyone at the firm, but that's because I was scared about getting fired. (laughs) But it also allowed me to not be judged by anyone if it didn't go well. Like I feel like it protected me. What was going through your mind in that? in that decision. Correct. I I felt exactly the same as you. And I feel that there were so many emotions going through at the time, same as you. Am I going to fail? Is everyone going to hate this? But then the most important thing for me is that this is a TGA product, TGA FDA certified kind of medicine product that you really need to get right in that sense. And I never wanted anyone to turn around and say, well, why is this news reporter thinking that she can create a sunscreen, which is a TGA product. So I really made the calculated decision to say, okay, this is going to be a high-performance SPF that I want to speak for itself and I want people to know the efficacy without thinking, oh, but the founder, I didn't want it to be founder-led. This is not my formulas. This is the TGA-approved formulas that work. And that was just 
and my publicist would fight with me every day. (laughs) They need to interview you. I said, who? They don't need to interview me. Here's the product. She goes, no, we need a face. We need a founder. And I said, no, you don't. You don't. And she, she fought with me the whole time. And towards the end, she stopped fighting with me. And then I said, I'm ready. (laughs) She said, oh, well, you know, it's a bit late for you now. (laughs) And it was slow. It wasn't like, oh my God, Sam's behind the face. Let's talk to Sam. It was And to this day, our customers, they speak to the brand. They speak to the brand. They they talk to the brand on on socials. Like they they actually speak as though the brand's the personality, which is also me, but anyway. And I love that because no one cares who the founder is. And I like that. I think that's such a new way, as you say, it's it's not the way people do it anymore. And such a new way, interestingly, of looking at a brand. And because it's a sunscreen, that is important to me and I want to keep it that way. So I try not to do, I don't do every podcast. I've, I've done very, very few. I hardly do any interviews and I really try and make sure that this is not a founder-led brand for that reason. Oh, that is such an honour that you even said yes, particularly oh, no, knowing that. I didn't say yes. I've been asking, <laughs> can I be on CCA? Oh, my gosh. That is seriously, that's such an honour because I admire what you're doing so much. But I also think that's very reassuring for a lot of business owners out there who are the same. They want their products to speak for themselves. Maybe they don't want the enmeshment that comes with you being the brand. Some brands live because the identity of the founder is tied up with it. Some people don't want that and whether in their lifestyle they want that for personal reasons or because of the product for the business, they want that for business reasons. I think it's really interesting that it can work the other way around, particularly in this era where social media wants a face all the time. Naked Sundays has not suffered at all. It's become a cult and an identity of its own and it's amazing that you get to pick and choose. You know, it doesn't depend on you. Yes. putting your face out there all the time. I will say a funny story. I just got back from the US where we launched there and and we had a room full of, you know, a hundred of the, the the top influencers in the US and they were so lovely and they were so down to earth and it was quite an interesting experience for me. But I got up and I told my story about being a newsreader and about, you know, why I needed the sunscreen. They came up to me afterwards and they were in shock. Oh, my God your brand story is actually real. It's not just a made up brand story. We hear all the time, you know, you have to have a brand story. And so we see these founders stand up and they, they say a made up story, but yours is real. And they couldn't understand. People make them up? Because in the US, it's such a thing like, what is your brand story? And you must write it out and it must be this, this, and this. And then I just, I don't even have notes. I don't need notes. I was a news reporter for 10 years. Like there's no notes or story. It just is what it is. And they were so surprised. They were, they were in shock. Like, this is real. You really needed the sunscreen. And so you made it really. (laughs) It was the funniest thing. And I was thinking, this is so funny, you know, that they, that they understand this need for a founder story. And, And I've heard of that before too. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just a real story and not one that I shared because I didn't need to, and I didn't want to. And now that I do, it's nice. It's nice to hear people resonate with it. Yeah. Wow. So that actually makes me think like in any area, whether product or a a decision that's more personal or marketing or whatever it is, it's very hard when you're doing something as differently as you are, when you are kind of going against the grain or doing something new or, you know, even the product formulations are different to what's kind of ever been done before you you bring out things that are world leading. It's very hard 
because you are going against the current. So you're pushing against difference all the time. And I find like in the NATA section, we've talked kind of about fear and risk and all that kind of stuff, but comparison is so rife. It is so hard not to be looking at what everyone else is doing. So when you've decided to do something that's not the way everyone else is doing it, did you ever get distracted by comparing yourself? I absolutely. And I love that you've brought this up. And I'm, I would wonder how you would deal with this as well because I find it interesting that people who are able to get to the places in their careers where you have, how do you deal with that? And, you know, it consumes a lot of people, especially younger people. And so it, it has consumed me at times. And can you imagine being a news reporter or a news presenter and you've got the other networks? Yeah. But recently, and I really want people to, who are listening to hear this, recently – I have found a place which is a lane that has no cars in it and is just for me and Naked Sundays and there's no one around. But to get to that point where you are in your lane and you are not looking left or right, there's a lot of pain that you go through to get there and you really have to learn that exactly what I've just said. When you are looking left and right and constantly at competition or other people, it's painful. And guess what? That pain doesn't serve you. And so you have to let it go. And it comes with meditation, reading, getting to know yourself and your brand really well so that you're confident with what you're doing. And it's funny, my friend saying to me the other day, she's starting a business on a completely separate topic. And she said to me, oh, this girl I bumped into, she's also doing it. (laughs) And it's funny because I look at that girl and I think I've never heard of her. I don't care what she's doing. Why is my friend caring? And then it made me laugh and think that's how I sound when I'm like, oh, but this person's doing this in skincare and this, you know, and it's like the person who I'm telling to, they don't even know what I'm, they don't know those other people and they don't care. And it's only us that cares, right? And we're in this bubble where we're just so consumed. And the minute you can let that go, magic happens. Oh my gosh, that is my favorite soundbite almost all year. Like it's so true. It is so hard to to do that thing where there are, like I call it just put the blinkers on. You sometimes have to, like even literal physical blinkers, sometimes you have to mute pages that you follow. In the production phase of something, sometimes you have to literally force yourself to ignore the other cars to stay, like put up barriers on your road so that you can just focus on what you're doing because it's that whole thing that it's the thief of joy. It literally will ruin. Like the, another quote I love is the fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else. Like wow. how powerful. Mm. Totally. So I don't need any convincing. I am absolutely obsessed with everything that you create. The mist alone is just game changing. It has changed my life because I, I get very pigmented. I'm in, you know, 33. So I'm getting to that age where I really care about sun protection every day. But what is so important? Like give us some of the stats that you're passionate about, some of the statistics, or even like that we should reapply every 90 minutes. I don't think people know that. And then your favorite products and and why you're so excited about Naked Sundays helping us address those statistics. So I am not a sales salesy. <laughs> so anything I've created is because A, it wasn't on the market and people needed it or B, I needed it. But I did a survey of, I think it was 2000 millennials. So age between 18 and I think 34. And I found that 70% of them didn't wear SPF every day. And then I did the survey, which asked them why. 
and they said the main reasons were it's white, it's sticky, and it's not good for my skin. And so I pretty much always believed that if I ever did the SPF, it would have to have no white cast, not be sticky and be good for your skin. And then that cemented to me when I did that poll that that is exactly what people are saying. So the statistics are also that millennials are most at risk of melanomas, that age bracket. And so for me, the whole point really of Naked Sundays and why it's so fun and purple and lilac and rainbow is to really get the younger generation changing their habits now. And you're lucky in that your family and your your mum instilled that to you early. But most of us, even if our parents did say that to us, we still shunned sunscreen and didn't listen. And now we get to my age and I'm a bit older than you, but it's all about those expensive reversal procedures, which is you know, that's the trend now. And it's just, it's expensive. It's invasive. It's annoying. Like no one wants to have to do that. Imagine we just told that whole generation, Hey, just need to wear your SPF every day, top up every 90 minutes when you're out in the sun. And you won't need any of that when you're older (laughs) and quick, right? Takes 30 seconds to put on sunscreen. So how am I going to get a whole generation to change their habits? Yes, we can make it lilac. And lilac wasn't big back then when I started, by the way. So we really did a lot of research into the trends of what will be cool for millennials in two years' time. And <gasps> lilac kept popping up. And you know how lilac is now, right? So, I mean, kudos to my trend expert who really was like my work experience person. Oh my gosh. (gasps) Who was the only millennial who I knew, who was the only 22 year old I knew at the time. So kudos to her. And she did some research and she, she came up with that. And then I sort of chose the sort of the holographic to make it just really fun and sparkly. And now my daughter who's five thinks all sunscreens are purple and she draws little purple (gasps) sunscreens at school. Yeah. It's really sweet. She loves sunscreen now. So everything I sort of made sure that she would love to put on, use, put on her shelf, you know, because I just feel like if it's going to be attractive and people enjoy having it around, which like everyone does, they love having it on their shelves, then then they're going to use it. Well, hopefully. So products I love. So the mist was the first hero product and the amount of iterations that we've done to make it super, super light, but not too light so that it doesn't hit the spots but so that it doesn't go in your mouth or your eyes. We've reiterated the formula multiple times that it's not greasy, so it's a little bit mattifying. And then it's just I'm spraying it now, by the way, everyone. <laughs> in your eyes straight away. It doesn't even get in your eyes. Like it's just we've perfected the delivery system, I call it. it. Never been done before anywhere like that in the world. All the other mists, they sort of get into your eyes or like make little blobs on your face, but this is so even that it just, you can see my face is a bit glowy, but not greasy. So it's not taking off my makeup that I'm wearing. It is amazing. It blows my, I don't know if you've seen the video, but like when I, I made a video of it and I, my face is just like, <gasps> what? Like zooming in, like what is happening? Blew me away. Thank you. I love that. So then we thought, okay, but, and when I say we, it's like me and my husband, who's actually in finance and nothing to do with Naked Sundays, but he was, it was only us at the beginning. So we're thinking, okay, how do we get millennials to, so the mist is for topping up when you're out and about, but how do you get them to wear their sunscreen every single day aside from being lilac? And so we decided to put collagen into the sunscreen thinking maybe that will encourage them. And then I thought, but it's got to be vegan. So what about vegan collagen? And then again, people told me that couldn't be done. There's no such thing. 
and I found it and it's a bunch of plants that mimic when you use actual collagen on your skin, but it's smaller molecules so it actually absorbs. So we did studies on it and it found that it increased hydration and moisture and all that good stuff. So put vegan collagen in, did a chemical sunscreen and then did a mineral because a lot of people, very surprising to me, I don't know about skincare, but most people have sensitive skin. Who would have thought? (laughs) Anyways, so the mineral now, I don't know if you know anything about mineral sunscreen. I didn't, but I always knew that it was white and very thick. Mm. And so we put a special blend of iron oxides in it to eradicate the white cast. I don't know if you've used the mineral, but it's become a cult. Sold out in Mecca in 24 hours, three months worth of stock when we launched, three months worth. Yeah, we were scrambling. We still scramble every day for enough of these guys. But basically you put it on before your makeup or just with nothing else and it's thick because it's mineral and it's 50. So any mineral sunscreen that you use that's not thick, it's not 50. They've used less because it's, it's actual zinc. So it's ground up white powder. Anyway, so you put it on and it might look thick at first. And I I created also what I'm super proud of is this little brush. I call it the SPF BFF brush. But anyway, you blend the mineral into your skin and it completely blurs any fine lines or wrinkles due to the iron oxide blend and gives you this absolutely flawless finish due to the additives in in it and you put your makeup over it and it just gives you this beautiful glow and I've tested on cameras and lights and it doesn't give you any flashback or anything and people are addicted to it because they just go out the house with just this and a bit of blush or lip gloss and that's it and so it just gives you that finish so the mineral and the um, mist are now our complete best sellers and then we just launched I don't know if you have one but it's the clear glow radiant sun serum so it's the first 100% clear SPF 50 sunscreen ever there's been around but they've been um 30 or 40 but it's 50 and so it's just clear so it's just a <gasps> serum sunscreen yeah and it's got blue light protection in it and I'm putting everything right now for those who are listening over my makeup but you can just see it's not greasy it's not oily it dries down immediately and that has become our new bestseller and then I created the world's first SPF 50 lip oil so I love lip oils the lip can- oil is so beautiful I can never find a lip oil. Actually, we've got a new new one coming out soon. <laughs> but um, anyways, yeah, so there's never been a lip oil with SPF. And that, that's hard, that was hard to create because you'll remember that. Oh, and it mm, tastes good. It smells good because it's sunscreen and you're putting it on your lips. And sunscreen at the best of times doesn't taste or smell good, right? But putting it on your lips, you have to make sure it smells and tastes good. So we're constantly iterating that and bringing out new flavors. And then my brand new baby, which by the time you guys are listening, is going to be out. Oh, how exciting. Honestly, it just is, if you guys listening aren't absolutely obsessed with Naked Sundays by now, I don't know what would ever excite you. Like this is so amazing. I just... It's so interesting how often, like there's another quote that I love, which is that people often miss opportunity because it comes disguised as hard work or something like that. Like most people would see the barriers, how hard it has been. The reason why you're doing world first is because everyone else in the industry is like, that's too hard. It's impossible. No, we're not going to do it. But you have literally thought of everything. You've thought of like who thinks about how th- something reflects on camera? No one thinks about that, but that's what millennials care about. Like yes. 
the fact that the biggest barrier for millennials isn't that they don't care about sun protection, it's just that there's no product that works with what they do in their life, that it's the stickiness. It's not the facts that they are ignoring. It's the, it's the actual product. Like the fact that you even have researched that, you've thought about literally everything and I think that's the big disconnect with a lot of brands is they're not literally looking at everything their target market says and does and cares about and fixing it. But you're doing that and it's it's extraordinary. I mean, I think I come from a place and I wish I didn't, but I think I come from a place not of what's going to sell. I never think that. I think what is missing and what, as you exactly as you said, what would make people want to use it. And it always means sometimes that I don't come from the place where what will sell. And I wish I did, but I think that's because I don't have a skincare background and I don't have a sunscreen background. I don't even have a product background. I don't have a business background. (laughs) I don't know how I got here. (laughs) It's just by chance, but um, it is. It's by chance. I come from a people background. And so I guess, as you say, I just think, what what do the people want? I listen to them, talk to them, and then try and create it. It's It's not easy. I think coming from a people background is maybe the most valuable thing that you can do. Like, you know, there is, of course, so many skills to be learned in studying business or, you know, knowing from an earlier age that that's what you want to do. But I think the skills that are most important is that it's being able to speak to people. It's you can learn all the other stuff. That's what's exciting about business. You can learn about supply chains and manufacturing and branding and products and packaging and what, you know, all that stuff. But talking to people about what they want, that transfers to anything, which is obviously you're so good at that. Thank you. So what's the what's the new thing coming out? Oh yes. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you just getting excited. Okay. So our newest product is called Golden Glow Body Sunscreen. And so just you know how boring is it to just put on sunscreen on your body and you know we always feel like it's just a bit white and a bit sticky. Oh, and it comes with a brush too. It comes with a body brush. So I'll just use my face brush for now, but it comes with the most beautiful I've got it. <laughs> Don't you worry. I've got the body brush. Okay. So it comes with this beautiful body brush and it's basically, I haven't really thought about how to market. See that again, like I've even thought about how to market it. I've just thought to myself, you know what people are missing in their lives? They're missing like a beautiful glowy sunscreen that could like make their skin glow and give it a bit of gold. Um, (gasps) It also be SPF 50 plus. Yeah. So it's just like a little bit, you can see on my skin for everyone listening, I'm just putting it on my decolletage. It's just a beautiful glow. And it just makes you look a little bit golden. And we're launching it in the middle of winter on purpose so that you get that beautiful golden glow. So you could be having lunch with your girlfriends. You could be out on the boat. You could be at the day at the races. And you're not putting on this white sticky sunscreen. You're putting on a beautiful, glowy, shimmery body sunscreen. It's got green tea extract in it. So it's also firming and slimming. So you can put it on your legs and your cellulite if you have any. And, you know, it will be really good for your skin as well. And then I have been naughty and I've been putting it on my face because in winter you know when you like start to look a little bit pale yes so I've just babe yes <laughs> so I've been putting it on my face for a bit of a golden glow and now I'm thinking oh my god maybe I should have made it into a face sunscreen because it's just the most beautiful glow that's just a bit of a winter fun product so golden glow body sunscreen oh my gosh I'm so excited honestly it is so cool listening to the way that you come up with new products by just looking at the gaps and figuring out what you want to use. That is, it's just so natural and organic. And I just, I'm so excited. And I feel like this is why, because 
I'm similar to you. I'm a people person. I love product and I love, you know, things that perform really well. But listening to you, I just want to like bathe myself, like literally like jump into a big pool of naked Sundays and just swim in it. Like it's just, it's so cool how thought out everything is. And also that it came out of nowhere. Like you've had this entire career before and people very much silo themselves, I think, into categories and think that's it for me. But you know, 18 months ago, you well, maybe not 18 months, but 18 months before you had the idea, you would have no idea that this was going to be your life. None. Absolutely none. And that, and that's the beauty of it. And I feel like people need to really find the beauty for their lives and just think to yourself, there is something that I might be doing in 18 months time that I haven't even thought of yet. Yes. But if I, can, if I have the idea and I follow through, and, and the pieces start to fall together and I just push and push, maybe my life will look completely different in 18 months' time for the better and something you'd never even have imagined for yourself. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Well, given that that has all happened and is continuing to blow up, this is probably the wrong time to ask you the play TA questions because I feel like play and having an activity that is outside of what you do and that's just for pure joy – it's a different equation in the early stages of a business because businesses mm. are very demanding. They're like new children and you do kind of make sacrifices in the, those beginning, you know, first few years. But is there anything that you do to kind of pull your brain out of the business and to stop thinking about sunscreen and new products and what you're doing, <laughs> even if that brings you joy? Because I feel like if you don't get some distance, it's very hard to stay fresh. It's hard to keep the joy in your business if you can't find joy somewhere else? I have a five-year-old daughter who loves to draw and loves to play and loves to make cubby houses. And yeah, she, she definitely takes me out and out of the brain focus of the business and transports me into another world. And I really try to spend as much as time as I can with her. And whilst she loves and respects what I do and asks me if she can come to the office after school today, I really do try and separate that as much as I can. It's not easy. I will be honest. You know, I'd love to be spending more time with her. And so I do that. I did have a ritual before it was cold where I would just go for a walk on Bondi Beach every single day. Every day I would just go to the beach and I would just hear the waves and I would listen to music. I love Taylor Swift. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and Kanye. I don't know if that's um, <laughs> controversial to Whoa. like them. <laughs> I used to listen to all their new albums coming out and just listen and listen. And that really got me out of it too. You know, I have, I have a husband who I sometimes see. <laughs> I mean, every now and then. <laughs> Occasionally. And, you know, so I guess for me, it's family exercise. I was going to say friends and then I had to pause. My best friend lives in LA. So I just went to America to launch Naked Sundays. And then I spent three days with her and we just went shopping and had a drink on a rooftop bar and just did nothing. And that was so lovely. But you know, when you have a, 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 a toddler and a business, I guess you can only really split up your time between those two. There is nothing else. So I'm hoping to go back to some of my, my yays. <laughs> <laughs> But right now, there's not much yay, but but this is yay. I, you know, this is my dream to be on your podcast. I've, I've been asking you to trial Naked Sundays for over a year. So, you know, this, this is such joy to me. And um, I don't know, it just never feels like work. And I feel like that is such a yay, right? If your job doesn't feel like work. I don't feel, I was in my office yesterday. My daughter was here too, but, but I was in the office yesterday and I, I didn't feel like I was working. I felt like I was just 
doing something I love. I, I know that that sounds cliche, but I honestly was in the office on a Sunday. It's a Monday now. So on a Sunday, just because I wanted to, I wanted to be here. I think that cliche is a cliche for a reason though. And it is possible to find something to do that. I mean, not everyone has that and not everyone needs their joy to be in their work. Sometimes their balance is different, but it is possible to do something that doesn't feel like you're working a day in your life because it is so much fun. Yeah. And, and I've really, you know, not everyone has to do that. You know, there were some days at Channel 7 that were very, some days as a news reporter that are extremely difficult and not every day is fun and enjoyable. So not everyone has to have that. And there's people that go to work and come home and have the most amazing lives. I don't think everyone has to have that. But for me, there's a very big blur between work and home and friends and everything. So like mm. my friends work with me. If they want to see me, they work in the business. That's that's it. And that's how I'm built. And so, but yeah, not everyone, I feel like, you know, you don't have to love your job. It's just, you know, you can go to work and then have an amazing life and separate it as long as you have time for your days, you know, and you know exactly what they are and you make sure that you're doing them every day. That's fine too, right? Absolutely. And I think that's, yeah, the one thing I try and impress on everyone by showing different structures is for some people it's a very clear delineation and some people it is a big blurry mess and it doesn't really matter as long as it feels good for you and you do feel some level of like excitement or or joy in your life, then who cares what it looks like for anyone else? It really doesn't matter. But I'm so, so, so honoured to have had you on and just I'm I'm so like I'm sorry it took me so long to kind of get around like I think that is one of the hardest things in beauty is getting people to try something when they're set in their ways not because of anything else other than just we're lazy right like we've Mm. got our things and it's just to open your brain to something new but the minute I heard about the actual philosophy behind Naked Sundays and the different delivery methods like I have never been able to reapply as often as I would like to. Even knowing all the facts, even being a skincare hound, I still am like, it's going to wreck my entire face. Yeah. And you've changed my life, like absolutely changed my life. I'm about to go on my honeymoon for the, like it's th- been three years coming to a oh very, very sunny part of the world. And the mist is like, there's no alternative. There's nothing else that is already in my suitcase. It is an honour to know you. You can use the body and the face interchangeably. Like the face does have more antioxidants and more vitamins, but you can use either for either. You can use, so you can just take one if you want to take a small and then put on your body. A pro tip. You are like literally a gift from God to all of us, to every person who has skin anywhere basically. (laughs) That's so kind. I really appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. Have an amazing time. Thank you. I'm so excited and congratulations on everything. It really has been a privilege. I know that you don't do these very often and I feel very, very honoured. To finish though, I have to ask you what is your favourite quote, if you have one. Yeah, I do. I don't know if you're going to like it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love every quote. I'm corny. I found myself very amusing. Not really. My favorite quote is the time is now. I say that to my staff constantly, possibly every hour. <laughs> I say that to them. I say that to me. I say that to my family and it's it's big and small. So should we launch Naked Sundays? We're not ready or you don't have a website set up. And I say the time is now. If we don't do it now, when are we going to do it? And you know, so from the big, big things to to the little things like, hey, I want to I want to go to the US next week and do a quick launch. And everyone's like, oh, you're not ready. I say, well, the time's now. So if I'm not going to go now, when am I going to go? And I just booked the ticket and I went. And, and it was a great success because I made it happen. 
So if I just keep telling myself, I'm sorry, like I don't believe in, and then this might be to my detriment. Let's sit and let's plan it out and let's make sure the ducks are in a row. The time is now, people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, is that not the most motivating way to end? I love that. The time really is now. If anyone is sitting on an idea, whether it's work or personal, like take that trip, do that thing. If the last couple of years has not given you that push, then surely Samantha right now is doing that. I don't think it ever is to your detriment because like the ducks don't matter if you don't start. Like who cares where the ducks even are, right? It doesn't matter if they're in a row or not because if you don't start, you'll never see them. So I, yeah. I think that's such a powerful message. You are so inspiring and motivating and thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Like how can you not go and buy everything from Naked Sundays right now? I loved this chat so much and you can hear how much I admire Samantha and struggle with the words to explain it. Her story touches on so many themes about pathways, reinventing yourself and just ripping the band-aid and seizing that yay right now. I hope you found her as inspiring as I do and please share the episode tagging at naked underscore Sundays and us to show our appreciation and keep growing the yayborhood and oh my gosh these incredible products and their messages as far and wide as possible. I hope you are all having an amazing week and seizing your yay. <laughs>